It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Howard Cross with you. Paul Dottino will be subbing in for me as soon as he's done with his Julian Love interview outside on the patio. <laughs> the phone number for you is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, or hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way. As a reminder, folks... I think you'll enjoy the Giants Huddle podcast. We still have about twice as many BBK subscribers as we do Giants Huddle. So good interviews, game previews, game reactions with guys like Howard Cross and Sean O'Hara, Victor Cruz, David Deal, Amani Toomer, some of Howard's great former teammates. Make sure you go check that out. Subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast feed. Giants mobile app, Giants.com slash podcast, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Also an exclusive interview with Joe Judge every Friday as well comes your way in the Giants Huddle podcast. All right, Howard, we have, you know, some news here. Giants announced that yesterday, or maybe it was Monday, Kadarius Tony enters health and safety protocols for COVID. Today, Joe Judge spoke to the media. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez had to be added to that as well. And Taylor, I'm having a complete mental break on who the third guy was. Do you have mm-hmm. that offhand? I could look it up very quickly. And there was a third player, too. I had it in my head, and then it kind of – I'm still tired from that <laughs> damn red eye. But um, and it kind of flew out of my head here for a second. I have it for you. But a third player, too, um, testing positive. No coaches, according to Joe Judge, tested positive today. John Ross was the third one. Thank you very much, Twitter. Um, and that's kind of where they are in terms of uh, COVID. Daniel Jones still not cleared for contact, Howard, so he's not going to play this week. And in terms of the quarterbacks, Mike Glennon is going to start a quarterback this week. There was a report from Jeremy Fowler on the internet today that the Giants could consider giving Jake Fromm some playing time. But Joe Judge saying today that Glennon would start, but he did say there could be a role carved out for Fromm in a specific situation this week. So, Howard, why don't we start there uh, before we jump into the, the Cowboys and some other stuff. You know, last week, Fromm... Never started a regular season NFL game. Had only six practices under his belt. Mm. I made the point on the show. I wasn't on with you, but I'll tell you what I said. That That's asking a lot to put a kid out there. Never start an NFL game. Six practices, new system to ask a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, you're at nine practices after this week, right? You get to mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. How close do you think he could be getting ready to play, either a full game or maybe in specific situations with a specific package so that he could be ready to execute maybe a limited version of the offense? Uh, very limited. They can teach him like three or four plays, maybe, and that's about it. You can't you can't go into a game uh, at any position. You might be able to play lineman because some of the plays kind of look alike and they're telling you to step. You just have to learn how to fit with the other guys. You might be able to play running back because all you got to do is lift your arm and follow said hole if, that's, if you can figure that part out. Uh, receiver takes a little bit longer because of the hot reads and stuff. So does running back with the hot reads. Uh, the linemen, you know, they point, they point to the mic, and when you slide or you turn or you whatever you're going to do, you kind of figure it out. Quarterback, impossible. <laughs> All right, so you're backing up what I said last week. Thank well, you. well the reason why quarterback's impossible <laughs> is that you can go in there with, with, with no not knowing anything to do. They call the play. If you don't know what the play is, you don't know where everybody's standing on the field. You can look out at them and like, okay, they're over here. 
what's the play? And, and verbiage is very big in, in NFL, and different teams call things different ways. I, I remember one coach wanted to change the sides from odd to even when he came in because he was like, I don't like the odd numbers on that side. I'm like, uh huh? What do you mean the odds numbers on that side? What do you like, mean? Like, you know, on the right side, it goes 0, 2, 4, 6, 8 holes. On the left side, 0, 1, 3, 5. Oh, you mean like in terms of gaps? Yeah, he wanted to change the sides. I'm like, you can't do you. that. If you do that, like, it'll mess the whole system up. Because, like, <laughs> but it's my system. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to stand over here and you figure that out. After two days, the guy's running into each other. He changed it back. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we're on the same page with that. Probably asking a little bit too much too early there. Yeah, if you give him four plays, think of this. You give him four plays. Let's give him. Let's give him an out. An out by the tight end, uh, post by the uh, the outside the outside X, um, um, the and the Z on the backside. That'd be the Z on that side. Deep end cut. Yeah, right, the, right. and then and the other guys on a deep end cut coming across. That would be it. Right. Back would have to pick up. We have to know who, who you're blocking, who you're not blocking, and the back would have to be able to sit there and like okay. I got him, or I don't got it. If he doesn't come, I'll be in the flat. Right. And what Fromm would do would be take steps, drop back, pretend like he's looking down the field, and throw the ball to the guy <laughs> in the flat. All right. Because you don't know what to do. <laughs> Fair. All right. I want to move on here to something about Dallas that I want to ask you specifically about, given your career and what mm-hmm. you did as an NFL player. I want to talk to you about protections a little bit, okay? Because mm-hmm. I think what kind of scares me – about the way Dallas can attack the Giants' offense this week, right? Mm-hmm. They have two really good defensive ends, Demarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence, Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. They have two defensive tackles, not great players, but you still got to block them, right? They're interior, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. And then they can stand Michael Parsons up, right? And you can stand them up in an A gap, you can stand them up at a B gap, and you can just send help. Them. Yeah, send them, right? Mm-hmm. You can twist them, you can send them straight up one on one against the guard. Mm-hmm. Can you just explain to fans how when a team can get those five guard, five guys up on the line of scrimmage like that? how that impacts setting protection and how the defense can help manufacture some mismatches by getting those guys it, up on the line. It's, it's very simple. Like Michael Parsons is, is a natural player uh, to begin with. Uh, I know he's linebacker. If he put his hand down in the dirt the entire time, he'd probably have 15 to 20 sacks. 100% agree with you, by if the way. You, he's been unbelievable as you, an edge rusher. If you stand him up in the middle, he'll have twice as many tackles. He's just that fast and that that athletic. So basically, what happens for people who are listening that you have five linemen, you have which protect your your thing. If you got four guys, somebody gets double teamed and bounced, and somebody's kind of free to help. Uh, The back can chip on the way out. The tight end doesn't have to worry about it. But when you have five guys, that means everybody's covered. Right. There is no chipping. There is no. It's like mono e mono all the way across the board. And whoever has the unfortunate, you know, reality of blocking Parsons. Could be could have the worst day of all, if the if the defensive end kind of comes down to touch the guard and Parsons is standing in the and standing in the gap and he swings around and comes to the outside, the tackle on the outside can't get to him because he's too fast. If he's on the outside and the defensive end steps out to the tackle and the guard comes over and tries to help, he doesn't have time to catch up to him. And you see it week in and week out, and guys are just grabbing him and holding on to him basically and trying to not get holding calls. He is a danger to a lot of teams, and it's not just the Giants. It's just any team. Yeah, and just to add to that, Howard, Parsons is so dangerous, too. Mm-hmm. When you line him up, if you're an offense, you cannot afford, even if he's not lined up the line of scrimmage, right, if you think he might come, you can't afford to say, all right, running back, you go block that dude because 
that ain't gonna work, right? So all you all you have to do is what what winds up happening is you're like, okay, let's play, let's put on the end of the line. You'll turn the protection. You'll say like, Mike, Mike is number nine out here. So you've turned the protection. You got everybody over there, which means you leave your left tackle one on one on the left side. You got him. He's no no problem. Parsons backs out. Turn, the line is turning towards him, and you bring the other backer. Like it's over. Like you don't like because you're like your whole focus is to trying to stop number nine. I like okay, we gotta watch this dude. We gotta figure out where it's like back in the day when LT used to play. Not the same person, but you know, Canadian Bennett when he was in college, it was like, hey, ninety seven's over here. Like like <laughs> you don't see him, the dude with the big arms, that's him. Look out for him. And like it would happen. And you we you have a player like that and right now and this kid, and this kid's doing great. And I'm like I'm Excited to watch him play, unfortunately, but I'm excited to watch him play. So basically, and then Paul's here, so I'm going to step out. I just want to finish this line of conversation, Paul. So basically, the point here is that the Cowboys can almost dictate how the Giants are going to block their defensive front based on where they put Micah Parsons, yep. and they are in complete control of that front. They, they, do, they do it every week to every team. Everybody has to figure out where that kid is so you can try to de- turn your protection to him. Meanwhile, figure out what these defensive ends are going to do to you on the outside. Interesting. All right, Paul, mm-hmm. why don't you come on in here? <laughs> Basically, what we did, we talked about the COVID stuff. We talked about the quarterback situation, and we did briefly uh, Micah Parsons and, and protection. It's funny, Howard, and I'll leave this for you as I step out here and Paul steps in. Yep. It's funny. You know, earlier in the year, Cowboy offense, Cowboy offense, Cowboy offense, you know, and they're still mm-hmm. ranked top five in the league and all that stuff. Yeah. But honestly, watching the last few weeks, while their overall numbers aren't as good, the way they can make plays on defense, yeah. that to me is as much if not more yeah, of a worry this year. Don't, don't forget about Diggs out there taking the well, ball well, away. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And, and you know, once you pressure – and then mm-hmm. Diggs knows that the mm-hmm. quarterback has got to get the ball out quick, right? Yep. What is he going to do? Well, Break yep. routes. So so also you have to think about it like this as well. It's like if they're putting the ball in the air um, and you're looking at Parsons, Diggs can determine where, you're, where your hot route is <laughs> just by where Parsons is standing on the field. Well, in, in short, there's one word that really encompasses – a lot. Mm-hmm. It's known as speed. <laughs> They've got great speed yeah, at almost every speed, position yeah. on their defense, and that can make make up for a lot of other things if you have speed. Well, that's that's kind of like you know Quinn's got that same kind of mentality he had when he was at out at Seattle. It's kind of the same kind of thing. Guys with great great agility can move fast and get to the spot, uh, and it just causes a lot of problems for for opposing offenses. All right, so Howard, uh, I join you now for the last 45 minutes of Big Blue Kickoff Live. 201-939-4513 is our number here on the program. Uh, Just got back from practice. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was basically a walkthrough today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Judge, I don't know if if, uh, John had discussed this with you, but Joe Judge said that uh, Mike Glennon is preparing to start. Yeah, we talked about that. They are getting Jake Fromm some reps. Mm -hmm. And when quizzed about this further, and I don't know how much you've run into this uh, when you've been out on the street, Howard. A lot of fans have been asking, well, why doesn't Jake Fromm get to play? He should have been put in sometime during the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Forgetting that he's only been here for two weeks. And I, I just explained it on, on the air. I'll, I'll explain it, to it again. Basically what happens is you put Jake Fromm in the game. You, you put the tight end on the outs. You put the Z on the post. You put the X on a, on a deep cross coming over. And you tell the running back to go out into the flat if this guy doesn't come. The ball is snapped. Right. Jake Fromm pretends like he looks downfield and he throws the ball to the guy in the flat. Yeah. He's, and that's what he's going to be told to do because 
you don't even looking downfield trying to figure out who's coming where they're coming from. And that's all he's going to be able to do yeah, because that, he doesn't know enough of the playbook. I mean, when it just it just takes like you got to remember that the playbook is put in, especially for a rookie. The playbook's put in 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 um, OTAs is put in through uh, rookie mini camps. Mm-hmm. It's put in through the mini mini camps. Then you have to go through training camp, and then you kind of learn the plays. When you're called in instantly, it's a little harder to do. Well, here's really the point that I want to get to because mm-hmm. Joe Judge said. From like every other player on this team, has to prove during the course of practice that they have a grasp of what it is they're going to be asked to do, and then they've got to be able to show that they can execute it at practice before he'll think about putting them in the game. He said Fromm is no different than mm-hmm. any other player at any other position. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is quarterback. So my question to you is, mm-hmm. how much time under normal circumstances, and I know everybody's different, mm-hmm. every playbook is different, mm-hmm. how much time do you think it would take for a quarterback in Fromm's shoes to be able to come here and know enough of the playbook to the point where he could go out there and at least have a chance to effectively run something. I don't know Jake Fromm. So if it was Aaron Rodgers or if it was Russell Wilson or if it was one of the veterans in the league that could come here, pick it up in about a week or so, and they could run some semblance of an offense. You're talking about some special guys, though. No, but I'm talking about I'm talking about veterans. Right. I mean, you pick any veteran. Like, you know, you, you bring... Fromm's a rookie who didn't play last exactly. year. Exactly. You bring a veteran in, a veteran sees, can, you know, start diagnosing this, remember, this reminds me of this, this reminds me of this, this verbiage means this. Got it. And they'll study day in and day out. You can put a rookie in, okay, so when you're in college, right, you don't have the same sophistication of calls and stuff. And in every play, what happens in college, there's a down set, then they look to the sideline. Mm-hmm. And then they turn around. And they the look back. We see it all yeah. the time. And and that has become this thing where then you have to teach kids how to play, you know, uh, after after they've gone through that for through college for four years. Now now some kids are better at it than others. Um, I mean, offenses do it. Defenses do it. Like they down huh? And then all of a sudden they all look to the sideline to see. Okay, what do we think is going to happen? Now the teams that run up tempo offenses in college produce good guys, you know, and they can they can kind of keep moving. But most most of the time, I've seen all of the SEC, Pac, you know, Big Ten, Pac-12, all, all of it. Just everybody looks to the sideline. That look to the sideline is for you to get to play call. So, so in, in short, when Lance and I were asked on the show yesterday about folks trying to bang the drum for from, mm-hmm. to, to think that within one or two weeks, a man in his position mm-hmm. would be prepared is asking way too much. It's not that they're asking way too much. They just the people who are asking questions don't understand. Like, and it's just it's simple. Like, I I don't mind them asking. They can no, ask no, them. I'm not yeah. saying it, it's not. A, it's a fair question to ask. It's not but a I think fair when question, you, if you had any idea what if, you were looking well, that's my at, point. you would understand. If, but when me. you don't know, it's a fair question. Yeah. But when you understand what's involved in getting a guy prepped, mm-hmm. you you figure out that that's not going to happen. If you got to touch the ball every play then you have to know everything that's going on it's just not you can't just know it on like four plays you, you have to know everything that's going on if you teach them a sequence of plays four plays that are kind of related to each other the defense figures it out after the second play mm-hmm. okay so it's, it's mm-hmm. a little it's a little and then he's a sitting duck yeah, it's a little harder than you think yeah so anyway we will see coach did say he would continue to prepare from at practice mm-hmm. as he has to because he is the second string quarterback right now he's and the that's backup. the way it is it's not the second string he's the backup Okay, there's a big difference. Second string means a guy that may not ever play. (laughs) 
Okay. Like Jesse Palmer, my buddy, loving the death. Jesse had no intention of playing. He was like, man, I got this clipboard. I look good. Y'all see my hair? You know what, you know what, Howard? <laughs> I tell people all the time, Jesse Palmer was all pro seven on no, seven. Yeah. He, he all pro Je- seven Je- on Jesse seven. Jesse is my guy. And, Je- oh. and Jesse was ready. And then he all, was great at practice. Somebody got hurt, and he's like, they're like, what? <laughs> And when they put you in the game, and it's live, oh boy, and it's live rounds, it don't look the same. So it's and it's just different. I mean, and it, it's just like I said, there is a, there is a backup quarterback, and then there's second string. Second string, yeah, he, he's the actual backup. He's gonna like okay, you are our backup plan. You understand this? You ain't I like second the way string. you delineated yeah. these two. Second positions. Second string out. means second string means clipboard. I can look nice. <laughs> I got the hair gel going. I got a little eye black, you know, under one eye. I'm trying to, I'm styling. But oh, backup man. means at any moment in the game, you could have to go in. So that, that he's got to learn a lot. So really quickly, too. Indeed he does. Uh, 201-939-4513 is our number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Give us a ring. We'll talk Giants football. Um, one other item I don't know if John mentioned to you, Leonard Williams. Did he talk about that at no, all? No, he didn't talk about Leonard. Leonard Williams had an elbow injury the other day. Had yep. to come out of the game. Couldn't come back in. Mm-hmm. Coach said he was hoping he'd be able to practice later on this week. And there's some optimism that they may be able to get him back for the game on Sunday. Well, it looked like he really, really banged his funny bone, and then it didn't look so funny after a while. So I'm not really sure what happened to him. Well, if you've ever done that, it's not funny. No, it's not funny at all. It really hurts your golf swing. I know that much. We understand your priorities at this point, Howard. It's life, baby. (laughs) 201-939-4513. Again, is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Fans, don't forget, uh, if you'd like to secure your season tickets for the 2022 season, you could do so by only putting down $100. Limited seats are available. Speak to a Giants ticket rep and become a Giants season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. You can also uh, rent out your own private suite here at MetLife Stadium. Great way to have the family and friends over while you root on the Giants. Again, Giants ticket representatives are standing by at 888-NYG-1925. And also, the different COVID variants. I wish we could not have to read this anymore, but this are the fa- these are the facts, people. It continues to happen. These variants are continuing to spread in all areas of New York State. People <laughs> who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. You just you should just say, just go get your shot. Let's move on. <laughs> that would work too. That's a lot of reading. Hey, could you go get your shot so we can just stop talking about this? <laughs> that that would work too, Howard. All right. We go to uh, the phones at 201-939-4513. You're first up on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, number one, I really enjoy your show a lot. We appreciate I try to it. I, I try to listen every day. And uh, the kudos I have for you before I go into the other is that. Well, appreciate your you time, Richard. Been... Thanks for sticking with us. I, oh, listen, uh, I love the Giants. So, and um, uh, you don't have any of that gambling stuff on like they have on the fan and whatever. And I appreciate it. Because okay. I don't think, I really know. Anybody who does that, you I'm not even into that stuff. But uh, what I wanted to discuss with you, Paul, was that I remember during the, tra- during, the draft, oh, during the draft last year, there were a couple of players we talked about, and you weren't high on them. Uh, the, the, um, the receiver from Alabama who won the Heisman. Devontae Smith. Because he was slim. and he. You know, I was very so concerned up. about his, his stature. And, of course, we have Howard Cross sitting in the room here who loves Devontae Smith. 
<laughs> uh, let me tell you, he's made it through the whole season. So far. And Tony, so far. Well, yeah, but, but, and yeah, Tony, Tony hasn't been available and, and, to the Giants. I'm not saying and, a word. And, 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 and Tony was, is, Tony's always injured. Isn't so, that unbelievable um, how that worked out? It's unbelievable. And I'll tell you the other thing. Once, I, I watched quite a few Penn State games. And, and yes. I saw this guy Parsons play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we didn't take him last year. The guy is just terrific. And uh, I think he would have been a, a healthy and a, and a welcome addition to the Giants' defense if we had him. Oh, I think a and, lot of teams wish they had him. And, and, of course, he did fall all the way down to the Cowboys. Richard, I, I, will, I will tell you this. The, the, the scouting services going into the draft, and I'm not telling you that any other team should have picked him or not picked him, but the knocks on Parsons coming in, number one was that at Penn State there were times when he took plays off. And, and motor is always one of the things that guys want to check when they go through a checklist for a prospect. They like the box to be checked when it's motor is one of those boxes. His motor wasn't always revved on high. That was one of the knocks. The other knocks were off the field. There were some issues off the field with him that had been reported, including a lawsuit that named him, which did not involve good things. And so there were character questions about Parsons to a lot of teams in the NFL as well. So, so those were the two boxes he did not check. Now, if you recall, and you're right, we did talk about him around the draft. My only concern with Parsons was how were you going to play him? Because at Penn State, he was more of an inside linebacker. And I had stressed to people, if he comes to the NFL, he should be playing on the edge. He should be used more as a pass rusher. And if you're not going to use him in that way, then you're going you're gonna to overvalue and make a mistake where you draft him. You better use him on the edge. And so, it took the so, Cowboys oh, about, what, oh, three weeks to figure that oh, out? Oh, that, oh, they oh, did oh. figure it out. They oh, did. He, he, he had, the he, guy is <laughs> terrific. And, uh, oh, but, and the other thing was, Richard, I should, I should also give you the other thing. The other negative that was supposedly in the scout uh, draft gurus about him was yeah. that he was never asked to cover at all at Penn State. And the thinking was if he got to the NFL, there would be times he'd have to cover, and nobody knew if he was going to be able to do so. And those were the you, questions. You, you want to know something, Paul, though? Uh, drafting is a crapshoot. Of course. And, uh, it really is. And, uh, but I think the Giants just messed that up. I, I know they're getting an extra draft pick this year, but Slater, we saw the game from San Diego. He's playing terrific there on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they had to give up that Who was the guy that got from Cleveland, the guard? He, he went, that went down to Zeitler. the Ravens this year. I think he's rated number one in the NFL. I just was reading in the post today. He hasn't given up a sack, a hit. I mean, the guy. He's always a steady player. No, no, no one ever disputed that. I believe, and and again, I'm not defending. He's more than steady this year, Paul. Paul, Yeah, he's he's more than steady this year. Well, he's also playing on a better team with a better line. Well, hundred hundred percent. Listen, well, I I I tell you, the big mistake we make with 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 the Giants, as we make with all New York teams, me included, is I think here in New York we just overrate our talent. All the teams, Knicks, Mets, you go down the list. We overrate these players, and we overrate the talent, and so forth and so on. And um, from my own feeling, and I'm guilty of the same thing, too. I I expected much more this year. You're a fan. You love them. I love them. I I live and die with these guys. I'm 82 years old. I live and die with these guys. But but what I would, uh, what I would, me personally would like to see, I'd like to see him bringing in a non-giant GM. 
and who could who would objectively go through this entire roster, get rid of who, who we should be getting rid of, and, and move on and, and build a team. Look, I know we're not going to get Belichick, because if we, I mean, Belichick is a different animal altogether. But I'd like to see him, and I, between you and me, I'd, I'd like to see a new coach. I'm not knocking Judge. That's just what I would like to see. And that's just, um, as a fan, what I would, you know, and I know it's three and two and four years, six years, whatever. I just want to see us grow year by year. And then I would be happy. Then I would be happy. Because this just can't continue. I mean, it's a business. They can't continue. And the fans are going to get, they're very upset about this. As yeah, you know, Paul. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And you're a fan, too. You're a fan, I, yeah, too. I would ask you this. And I'm, I'm not defending anybody. Again, please, let me make sure that I, I make ahead. this clear. When you asked about Parsons, I simply gave you the things that people were saying going into the draft. I'm not saying that he's not a good player, and I'm not saying that, that other teams didn't make a mistake, including the Giants, by taking him or not taking him. I'm simply giving you the – you asked for, for answers, and I'm telling you what some of the questions were about the player. As Paul, far as Zeitler – Paul, and as, I'm, I'm not – this is not argumentative. No, no, no. Because, but and, I, I just want – well, there will be people out there listening who will think otherwise. Uh, Zeitler – Zeitler, I think, obviously, the Giants did him in a salary cap move. And unfortunately, the business of the NFL sometimes forces you to cut good players that you don't want to cut. Now, that doesn't excuse what they did, because obviously he's having a good season, and I'm sure they'd love to have him back. But the salary cap does sometimes force your hand into bad situations. I agree. I agree. Okay. And, and, and that was a terrible situation. Uh, no the question. Wanna, the, the other thing I want to thank you for, I really... I never knew how good this guy Herbert was, his quarterback. He played for Utah, then mm-hmm. he was drafted by the, the – you're the one who told me. I didn't know he was rated that high coming out of school. And uh, Oregon. I, honestly, I just wish that the Giants got this guy. You know, I'm tired of, of always getting the second best, third best, or whatever. I, I want to see us really hit on somebody, finally hit on somebody. Well, let, let's, and, uh, let, me, let, me go, let me do this for you because so, I know that you're, you, you're, you're prisoner of the moment. Historically, the Giants have had horrible drafts. Not just recently. I'm just talking about back from 30 years ago to now. Uh, we were going over it, and I was like, listen, guys, I'm like, you, we all hear this, this conversation about the draft and how good and how great. Like The year I was drafted, great draft. The next year, we had a draft. <laughs> the following no, year, right. you know, the following Howard, you're right. year, you, you'll get one guy out of the draft, may get two guys out of the draft. It's just been that way for a long time. So, And when you have the good years, like the Justin Tuck years, you have great that's, that's, right. a, that's a great draft. Or you'll get a guy that lasts like forever, like an Armstead or myself or even Strahan right. or, or even Eli. Those are, those are great moments, but you don't, get, you don't hit on everybody every year. Some teams seem to be excellent at, at the guys who are not the first and second round picks. And it's just, it's just different. And Howard, didn't I see the other day that I, the Giants are one of only two teams this year that have actually gotten some snaps out of every member of their rookie draft class? Uh, this, year was a, this, year, this year was pretty this, good. This year's draft was, was good. And they, you know, they came to the right coach. Well, and they no, needed. listen, I don't have any complaint with that. I'll tell you this, though. Look, I don't know that much about football compared to you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. I never would have taken Barkley number two. I don't care if the guy's All-American. I just, I just don't take a running back at number two when I have a great lineman sitting there at number two. That's just me personally, or a quarterback. And that's fair. I just, I, I just, I just don't do that, all right? I'm not going to say anything about Daniel Jones. I don't know a thing about Daniel Jones. I really don't. My, my own personal feeling, and I've I watched football all my life, 
I don't think he's the answer for the Giants. Is he a bad quarterback? No. On another team, could he be great? Maybe. But I just don't think for us, for some reason, I look at this guy, and I don't get the feeling like when I saw Eli play or some of the other great quarterbacks we had or whatever. I just don't see the same snap in him, and that's just my feeling. So, I mean, I wish us luck. You know, God bless us. I just, just I'm tired. I just want, I want to Thank see you, Steve Richard. Dallas. I, 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 I hear you. I, I, I will tell you this. I suspect that some of these wounds would be softened with home victories over Dallas and Washington. Because that, if, if that happens and they sweep the division at home for the second straight year, that would make people feel a little bit better. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, I agree 100%. I just, for some reason... Uh, this Dallas team just bothers me more than Philadelphia. <laughs> Brandon Jacobs used to feel the same way. Thanks, Richard. Oh, God bless you. All right, you take care now. Happy Merry, holiday Merry, to you. Merry, Merry Christmas to you guys. I love your show. Merry you Christmas. as well. Thank you for the call. 201-939-4513 here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, you know, Howard, let me ask you this, okay? Uh, you were a later round draft choice mm-hmm. uh, when you came out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um there are always things that the draft gurus will say about players, positive, negative, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have any idea what people were saying about you when you were coming into the draft? Uh, I wasn't that fast. Um, that was one. They, wasn't sure, they weren't sure uh, how, how well I could catch the ball, number two, because we were a huge, heavily dominated run, run offense. And mm-hmm. like, well, we don't know if this guy can even catch the ball. You know, so th- those were the things that they were saying. Like, okay, so if he's not that fast, he doesn't catch the ball. He's basically another tackle, maybe. Like, we don't know. Then all of a sudden, I come here and then we're throwing there, throwing the ball. I'm like, oh, he can catch. Oh, he's, <laughs> holy smokes, he's not as slow as he looked. Okay, he's moving a lot. Okay, well, we got to figure it out. But the difference is, and, and I and I tell people this all the time, and 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 it's it's no offense to any player that's in the league today. And I I want to make sure that I'm not offending anyone, but I probably am, and I don't really care. <laughs> the difference is is that back then you drafted football players. Right. Now we draft athletes. And that's the league we live in. Well, that's analytics is what it is. I don't care who lit it. Who lit it. They should <laughs> unlight it. Football players play football. You see some guys and you're like, okay, that dude's a football player. Right. And, and you, you get it. And you understand, like, that guy, okay, that's a football player. And then you see kids that are athletes, they're phenomenal but they might get nicked up. They might get banged up. They might get hurt here. They won't be able to do certain things. Football players would never want to leave the field. They are upset at every time you call them off. And I can remember when it, when it moved from the, the, the three-down backer to the two-down backer. I can remember when it started to change. I was in the era when all that stuff started to change. Right. And they started like, okay, we need a guy with more speed that can do this. I'm like, okay, well, then all of a sudden – you start you start looking for athletes. I can remember when Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah, an Olympic hurler, was put into the game and got knocked out, and they were like, oh, my God, they killed him. <laughs> like, I'm like, holy smokes. Like, okay, well, we know now the difference between athletes and football players. It was a joke. And nothing against Ronaldo. He was a phenomenal athlete, mm-hmm. Olympic, Olympic gold medalist. But it's just it's just different. And, it, and you have to have – it's a different mentality. And even though they're trying to make the game safer – We'll say, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying softer, but safer. You still need that guy or those guys with that, that mentality that they're going to like, you know what, I will outwork you. I'm, I don't care what's happening. You know, Ronnie Lott cut off a finger. Like, it's a different mentality. It was a different mindset. And now they're athletes. 
and they are phenomenal athletes too. Let me tell you, they're faster, they're 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 sleeker, their bodies are in better shape. We were beer and wings; these guys are Whole Foods and and tofu. Like so, it's just a different world. Is the game too specialized now, Howard? No, it's, it's still a great game. I think, like I said, I, like I, I think I told you last week or told someone last week, it's like you you, you can't in, you enjoy a lot of things, but sometimes when you enjoy stuff. You shouldn't know that much about it. You just go enjoy it. Right. Like the hot dog. The hot dog. I remember that. I yeah. remember you told me about yeah. the hot so, dog. So, like, if you, what happens is, as fans, we start to think we know more about it. Like, and, and to be quite honest, I'm a fan. Even though I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm on the sideline. I'm doing, people like, oh, well, what are we going to do, Howard? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a coach. I'm not the, sending any of the meetings. The reason I ask you, though, about being too specialized, like, for example, the – the sub or the nickel linebacker came into play when you were playing. Yeah. The third down back was all of a sudden a big deal. Oh, third down back. They yeah, used to have yeah. that really what's, that, what's, that much before. What's beforehand. my man's name? Uh, Do you so, play for the Jets, number 42? Bruce Harper. Yeah, Bruce Harper yeah. was like the third down right, back. Right, right. But you didn't hear ago. much of that yeah, until, yeah. you know, the later years. And I guess the reason I ask you this, though, is because it's the athletic profiles and the analytics that likes to package these guys into certain these of these categories, That's into these is. specialized categories. That's and the truth is. is, any team that gets good football players is going to do okay. So, so football what, players. So what happens? So what happens is, is that, that everybody copies everybody else. So that's what goes on. So uh, when when we were playing, the uh, Detroit Lions ran this this offense they call like the run and shoot. Sure. Yeah, it was just spread offense. You just—it's all it was. Mm-hmm. But they were calling it the run and shoot. Oh my God, this is this is great. Like, but it was just it's just what we run them. You know, fourth down or third down, you run four wides out there, or you run a tight end and three wides out there, eleven personnel. There was nothing specific that made it special. They just ran it all the time. The league kind of caught on to that. Colleges went from guys with their hand in the dirt to guys with their hands on their knees. Mm-hmm. Colleges went from running the ball like you could watch the, the, the evolution of Alabama if you want to just look at it sure you know back in the days of 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 you know big Derrick Henry uh the, the other Heisman winning running back they were like grinding it out and going and going after and going after guys and then the the guys that look like they're going to win the Heisman are quarterbacks all of a sudden two was up for Heisman and 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 which calls up for Heisman now receivers are winning it now quarterbacks are winning it but back in, when it started off, Mark Ingram was, was the guy to call. My God, mm-hmm. look how hard he runs. Uh, Richardson, look how hard he runs. And it evolved. It evolved into let's throw the ball around. Let's let's be mobile. Let's spread it out. Let's get the ball down the field with Lane Kiffin and those guys. Let's, let's move it around. And what do you do when you have those guys on offense? You start recruiting those guys on defense right. as well. Because you can't throw it all over the field without somebody to cover them all over the field. You can't have a running quarterback without somebody who can catch the running quarterback. So as that evolves in college football, that seeps into the NFL. More and more quarterbacks are mobile. Oh, you can't have a running quarterback in the NFL. Like evidently you can. They're all over the place. <laughs> at some point, it'll change back again. It always, it usually does. At some point, I think it's on a path. I think it's on a path now that that the athletic player is is a new kind of the era that we're in. It's not going back to football, football players. They're not going to be guys that, that the only sport they played growing up was football. There'll be multiple sport guys. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But in terms of the style of how it's played, there always seems to be some type of circular motion to that where some of it comes back. I mean, in a way, and unless, in a way, think about this, right? 
the old wing T years and years and years ago. Remember, football originally, the quarterback was a runner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, in the 50s, Charlie Conley and company mm-hmm. became a quarterback. Oh, guess what? His primary job is to pass the ball. Yeah. Well, well I, now you've got these quarterbacks who some of these guys want to run first. Well, again, I'm just, it's cyclical. I, I'm, I'm just saying that the, the athlete that you bring in, is going to determine what kind of mm-hmm. what kind of player you're going to have and what kind of offense you're going to have. Like I mean, Danny, uh, Danny Dimes is is got this arm. He can drop the ball on you, drop it out of the sky, whatever. Give him an open window, he will take off. Like like it's just, it's, that's just how they learn to play. 201-939-4513 here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We will be here with you till the bottom of the hour to talk Giants football. If I could just get this uh, screen up again. <laughs> I know we've got somebody else on the line. I'd like to get to that caller, and I don't want to say his his name if I don't have it. Line one, it is Jeff from Rhode Island. You're hey, next on Jeff. the program. Hello. Hi, guys. How you doing today? Hi. I'm a longtime Giants fan. I go back to 67 when Fran Tockington was brought on board. There you go. You're so born. I've. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of Giants football over the years, of course, but uh, I'm kind of wondering this. Um, do you think with the record that we have this year, that uh, is it possible that uh, some of the Giants players have uh, quit on Coach Judge? Absolutely not. And the reason how you know that, because the way it works in the NFL, they're grading you constantly. So if Coach Judge comes back and looks at the tape, you won't be here next year. And if you're on the tape here not doing well and you go to a, and you go out in the market trying to find another team, they'll be like, well, you weren't really hustling right here. You weren't really hustling right there. What What is that? And your market for your abilities and for your job disappears almost instantly. That's the part of the business that actually impacts the game in a positive way. Because if you don't enhance your value by playing hard, you decrease your value. Yeah, this is not like this is not the NBA where you have, you know, eighty-three games and you can slack a game or two, or you can say, like, so "I'm gonna sit out because I'm, you know, I'm, I need to rest my legs, so I don't want to go back to back." This is like every weekend kind of game. It's once a week, and you have to give all you can give. You audition and re-audition sixteen now, seventeen times, and if you don't do it, there will be no market for you. And when there's no market for you, yeah. it gets a little, it gets a little crazy. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're too oh. too much on the outside of the bubble, they're like, okay, let's leave them on the outside of the bubble. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that because uh, of course I wouldn't want to see that happen in uh, any way, shape, or form because I just want the Giants to win. That's all I want. So um, if I don't get to talk to you guys again before Christmas, Merry Christmas to you both and your families. You too, Jeff. Thank you. Back God to you bless. as well. Please do talk to us again, though. We certainly don't enjoy <laughs> yeah. hearing from you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Uh, Jamal is in Dallas, and he's next on the program. Hello, Jamal. Thanks for calling. Hello. Jamal's in Dallas. Oh, fuck, guys. There he is. There he is. We snapped the ball before he was ready. (laughs) (laughs) In Dallas, we fellas. I hear you. What's, What's your question or comment? Okay. So my thought is this. So you were talking about the professional athlete has evolved from being a football player to athletic player, right? Yeah. So my my thought is I do personal training on the side. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because in the industry of uh, sports performance, they are teaching all these different movements and 
and um, skill set and, and trying to teach you to be an all-around athlete than opposed to be um, a football player, which, mm-hmm. which I consider like a dog, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with our team, <laughs> with the Giants specifically, and I know it's a lot in the NFL, but I feel like we get a lot of athletes and not necessarily football players. And I think that's probably been our hindrance over the last five or six years. We're getting these athletes, phenomenal athletes, but they're not able to carry out their skill set on the football field um, because, you know, it's still football. you still yeah. got to be a football player. Jamal, let me ask you a question. You're you're a personal trainer, you say? Yes. Okay, let let me ask you a question because it's interesting you called today. Somebody asked me yesterday, and they were talking about all of the injuries. And I guess, to be frank with you, since Tom Coughlin's last days as head coach with the Giants, this team really seems to have been bitten more than most with significant injuries. Now, I'm not talking about the impact on the team in this regard. My question is for you as a personal trainer. The person, the, my friend said to me, you know, during the offseason, a lot of these guys have their own trainers. And I wonder how many of those guys who are going to these trainers specifically go through football-type programs. In other words, we know offensive linemen like Will Hernandez went to an offensive line school. Obviously, it didn't help as much as they would have hoped. But but there are guys who will go to an offensive line school <laughs> or who will go to a quarterback school or go to a receiver school. But there are a lot of other guys who just, like, go see a personal trainer or a guy at a gym, and they just try to do whatever they can to enhance their conditioning. It, do you think there's something to that they need to go see football-specifically oriented personal trainers? Um, great question, and yes. Yes. Um, in the industry of sports performance and physical fitness, it has evolved like everything, right? You're trying, you're trying to train the whole body. You're trying to get the body lean, like how was saying. You're trying to get the body to be able to be as explosive um, as it can be, as quick, right? A lot of um, 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 quick twitch, trying to get those quick twitch muscles going, firing off, trying to be explosive, right? So, yes, a lot of these guys are becoming quick, athletic, able to get in and out of cuts, kind of like how we're saying how the game evolved. But at the same time, those athletes aren't doing power cleans. They're not doing those those power lifts like we used to do when we were when we were growing up, or when I was growing up, or when Howard was growing up. Those those weights, those 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 strength trainings have those are ancient, right? Those are ancient times. Now it's all these resistant band workouts, um, kinesthetic workouts. So it's, it's, I call it the cute workouts. But so when I train, I try to train. I try to do a balance of both, and I try to put those. Those those hardcore strength, those snatches, deadlifts, mm-hmm. um, cleans, um, those power lifts um, into a lot of the the new of the new style of, of training. But you got a point. That's the style, and all these um, these trainers that are come in, they're they're being taught these new styles, and they're not incorporating. I don't think they're incorporating enough of the old techniques. You know, and then how are you going to test to this when you're at Alabama and you got in the league? I mean, y'all were probably doing. Six to eight sets of uh, ten reps of power cleans. <laughs> yeah, well, see, the, the, the difference the difference is, and I'm not a personal trainer, but I will say, from from what I remember, the, we worked on explosion, right? Yeah. And and getting your hips through when you when you made contact with a, with a person, your hips roll forward. When you shoot a, when you shoot a jump shot, or you get a rebound, your hips explode forward and you lift off the ground. Uh, if you swing right. a golf club, if you play tennis, whatever it is, that's the motion. It's getting your hips through and being able to be explosive 
and it, it it requires a lot of core strength. It, it requires a lot of like like just the explosion movement. So that's gone. That, that's not that's not in training. What I've watched so far, I've watched guys push sleds, and right. I, that make, I, I'm assuming there's some some benefit to that. I've seen guys pull sleds. I'm assuming right. I'm seeing, I'm assuming there's some benefit to that as well. I've seen guys well, hit hit, hit tires and stuff with hammers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a push pull. They do this push pull technique, and y'all did it for years. It's a new term now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but y'all been doing it for years. Yeah. But it's a push pull technique. You do a push workout, you do a pull workout, yeah, right? Absolutely, stuff like that. But, but it's the cute workouts. I mean, you could do all that with the old school stuff. It's just that not being incorporated as much. Yeah. So to our players with that, like Saquon Barkley, I mean. Quad hamstrings like a like a like a like a thoroughbred, right? Yeah, right, right. But his body is his, he looks the part, but his physicality part isn't there, right? I'm not questioning his manhood and his toughness, but he's not the football player that could put his foot in the dirt, run through somebody, and get three or four yards, kind of like a Derrick Henry or some or even a Devontae, even like Blake, I mean Booker. Yeah. Who can do that? You know what I mean. So- well, well, see that that goes with you know, and this is me. This is my view of Barkley. He's so athletic that it, he's looking for that opening so he can just burst and go. Instead of and, and 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 what happens is it takes him like three or four games to decide like, okay, I need to get this three yards, this four yards, and start. He started doing it this past week. He started putting his foot in the ground and going forward and stopped. And he's like. All right, if if this guy's even though it's not a hole, I can lean on the back of these guys and we can carry these guys for like three or four yards. So I'll help them move the guys down the field. But it takes time for that because in the, in the beginning, he wants to say his mind, his his instinct looks like it is to like, okay, I just need to bounce a couple times. This guy's going to miss me. Then I'll be wide open to run. And it's just not that way. You got to take the dirty before you, before you get it. Let me give you another example of football players, right? Remember when – that year, that span, we had all these random tight ends that were, that were that were getting us money, that were that were that were balling for Eli. Um, we had the bosses. Yeah. Um, those were football players, right? Yeah, Jake Ballard. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of guys. Those guys. They were football players. Now we got you know we got Kenneth Smith, we got Ingram. You know, the, the, yeah, they're athletes, they're skilled, they're good, but they're not football guys. And I just wish in management and the personnel department we would just start looking at more. Football guys, you know what I mean. Um, you, you get instead of trying to get these cute guys, these cute <laughs> players, these phenomenal, you know, athletes. But we, if we get back to giant football, which is getting football players, and then once we get those established, then we can start getting cute and getting these guys like a David Maggett back in the day, a David Wilson. Then we can get cute and creative. But the foundation is getting football guys. That's all I got to say, guys. Well, Jamal, it's again, before week. before you go, before you go, just in short. So you agree with the premise that not all personal trainers fit all styles and that in the offseason, these guys should find more football-specific training they're, they're, workouts. They're, first off, right? yeah, before, am, before, I, am I getting that right? Yeah, but before he answers, yeah. before, before he answers there are no football-specific workouts. Just, Correct. Just so you know that. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> there need to be some people who learn how to do that so that they could get these football well, players not, to do them. It's just, well, like not saying, there's not no football. training for it. It's not. It's not football specific workouts. We got to get back to the foundational workouts, like those heavy lifting workouts, those right. power, those power strength workouts. Those, the, neck, um, the neck exercises. The stuff that Johnny Parker used to teach exercise. when Bill Parcells was head coach. The, the, the neck exercises. The, the, <laughs> the stuff. Hershey Walker yeah. workout. Yeah. The Walker workout. There you go. Being yeah. out there in the park working out, training. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I appreciate. Jamal, appreciate the phone call. Happy holidays to you.
Hey, y'all too. Y'all too. Y'all be safe. Thank yeah. you very much. And to follow up on that, you have to understand that when it comes down to workouts and stuff, there are no football-related workouts. That, and the reason why I say that because people are going to watch the Combine in February. Oh, they're, God. And they're going to see these guys yeah. doing this stuff. You're right. I don't, I, no, I don't want to get caught in that like, trap. Like, we're talking about idea. squats. We're talking about cleans. We're talking about right. snatches. We're talking about pulls. We're talking about things that are like unordinarily making you or, unordinarily stronger because mm-hmm. of the explosion that you have to do to get it done. A lot of shoulder stuff to make sure your shoulders in, are in good or intact that you can still play ball. And it's it's not this. It, and people are moving away from it because it was so hard to do back then. Right, but they were better to apply towards football. It it didn't matter what sport it was. You could do that and play any sport. Okay, yeah. but the point is, the easier stuff they're doing now isn't working as well. I, I don't know. See, well, that's what I, that's they what look. The they look. Is. They look very athletic, though. They do. Okay. They look Let good. Go. They, they look good. All over the league. All I see is athletes. They look good. Okay. <laughs> Douglas uh, from Glens Falls, New York. You're next on the program. Hello. Hello. Nice to talk to you. Um. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I wanted to actually. I called specifically today so I could call talk to Howard Cross because he played for. I, how many years did you play with Phil Sims, Howard? Oh, I have no idea. Like six, maybe? Yeah. Five or six years, I think I played with him. Oh, okay. So all the time, other than the 1990 season that I definitely know about how he missed time, how many other years was he really hit, hurt, or really missed any amount of games besides that, the 1990 season? Uh, a good didn't... third of his career he was injured. Yeah, he he took a lot of big hits. you got to remember, he played in the era of, of, of Reggie White and Bruce Smith and <laughs> – <laughs> it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't like, and he played Reggie and Jerome Brown and those guys twice a year. So it wasn't, it wasn't Dexter and, Manley. And before that, he was playing against Two Tall Jones and yes. all those guys in Dallas. Yes, Randy White. Yeah, and, and it was it wasn't fun for for Sims uh, back then. But you know, he he was. I'll tell you this about Sims. Sims was one of the physically toughest guys I saw. The, the, he you know only guy that may be tougher, and Sims won't let me like me saying that. It's Eli. Eli didn't miss any games, and he took a beating. Yeah. I'm talking about a real beating. So it's just a different different, different mindset. You know, Bill Parcells always used to tell us in the press room that Phil Sims isn't a quarterback, he's a football player. <laughs> he definitely was. When I, came, when I showed up, he was lifting. He was lifting more than me, and I was kind of upset. I'm like, who's this dude? <laughs> who's this big dude with blonde hair over here lifting like that? And that's the quarterback. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, is this the league for me? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the other point I had to make is – Comparing him to, to, as far as health wise, to Daniel Jones, I've got inklings that he may not even put, play the rest of the season. Well, I'm I'm praying for for Daniel to play the rest of the season, but I'm also praying that um, I don't like anything that when someone says a neck injury, I don't, I don't like anything to do with that. That that's just yeah, because uh, that, that's, that's what ended a, David Wilson's career was a bad neck injury. It ended it, Antonio Pierce's career too. It ended a lot of players' careers, and some players who like you know, it's like oh I'm okay, and they keep playing, uh, they don't fare so well. So I'm I'm like I said, hoping that he's a lot healthier, and they're just not giving him the pass. But I don't want anything to be wrong with anybody's neck or back or anything like that. That's just not my. Mm-mm. That's that's tough. Right. Right. Thank you. Appreciate the phone You're welcome. Call. 201-939-4513. In fact, if I go back, Howard, I believe Andy Hedden uh, dude, there was, was another guy listen, with a neck that wound up having to retire. My last year in the league, and, I, and I'll be honest with this, and I was playing, I forget who we were playing against, I had my first stinger. That's when you like get numbness and a shot down. last year was my the first last time? Year, and I got a stinger. And when I did that, That's I, was amazing. Like, I was like, this is my last season. 
<laughs> you like, knew right away. Oh yeah. <laughs> like this my, is not good. My neck, man, please. I'm like, I'm done with this. I got kids at home. I need to go home and crawl around the floor and play. I understand. It was like, I'm like, this is it, baby. I, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, ah, you know. It's like, they're like, check me out. And they're like, oh, you're fine. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, that's one of those body parts that you do not make a mistake on. Hey, that's a realization that comes really quickly. Like, oh, wait a minute. I see guys have stingers all the time. I'm like, nah, bro. That'd been it for me. <laughs> you, you know what, Howard? I'm going to relate one one injury situation. You and I were in London when the Giants played the Rams some years ago. Yep. And Dwayne Harris got absolutely smashed mm-hmm. on the field right in front of us. Yep. We were convinced that, like, not only did he break his ribs, we almost thought he was dead. Yeah. That's how badly he got smashed. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't ever know that I've seen a player so badly beaten on the field that he was down, he had to be taken off on a cart, and then came back in the second half and played after oh, they scotch-taped him up. Yeah, I've never seen that. He, I've he never did. seen anything like that before. But he used to take the worst hits in history, too. So that it was just He was getting I, – talk we, about tough as nails. We, we used to call him the uh, – what do you call him? He was a, a, a zombie or something. Like, he would, he would, you'd kill him, he'd come right back. Like yeah. He'd just pop back up. Dwayne, Dwayne Harris is, was, was a special dude. He was <laughs> – God bless him. So, anyway – all right, back to the phones, and we've got probably time for one more call. And wouldn't you know, it's Charlie Howard. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. How we doing? Hey, Howard. Hey, Paul. Hey, Felice Polly Dots. Hey, <laughs> Felice Polly uh, <laughs> Dots. I like that. I'll be using that this weekend. Thank yeah, you, my man. You too, Charlie. You too. Definitely. Hey, um, I you know, I mean, yeah. I hope you know a neck injury. Hey, you know else who had a neck and nerve injury? injury and was really never the same but he's such a smart player was uh peyton manning you know again he got lucky he had to get his his spine or his neck fused it went into yeah, i believe a couple of times yeah, yeah. Yeah. and he kept playing see that don't make him that smart matthias kiwanuka came back yeah. from a similar yeah. situation well, I mean, too again another guy love him to I mean, death that's my guy smart, not that smart. I, mean, I mean he was a smart quarterback in the sense he knew he couldn't throw the way he used to right so he because he was so smart, he learned what he could do, and uh, you know he played I'm, two I'm, more years. I'm still going to argue, which I love Peyton to death. He's one of my he, he's one of my heroes, even though he's younger than me. But I'm going to tell you right now: you hurt your neck, call it. I know, don't play. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, well, like, the door fun. is over here. Look, could you hold it for me? Because I don't want it to hit me in my neck when I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I can't believe they're you know they're bringing Daniel Jones all over the place trying to find a doctor who will clear him. Just sit him. I mean, we got nothing to play for this year. You know, it, Let it, it heal. It might be it might be them doing it. It might be Danny doing it too. Because a lot of guys, yeah, like, especially well, when you're really young, you f- yeah, you feel slightly invincible. And yeah. you know, and especially if you watch him in pregame, he's out there moving around. He's snapping the ball. He's doing all this stuff. And he's like, and he's like, he's looking at him like, I feel good. They're like, yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest with you, Charlie. Uh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with continuously updating the results and the yeah. exams just because you'd like to see how he's doing. Yeah, there, there's no, nothing that says the Giants it, are, are, are putting him through yeah. these exams to get him on the field. Yeah, but, but, Maybe but, they just want to see how he's progressing. Re- regardless, but if he did, let's say in theory, people were like, well, what if he did get back in the game? He doesn't play the style of football that allows him to play exactly. with a bad neck. So, you know, exactly. like I said, exactly. my, my thoughts and prayers. He doesn't make people miss. 
He doesn't I, make people mad. Not many quarterbacks do. Like, Maybe just two. Well, that's true. You know, I think there's like two true. quarterbacks that do. <laughs> well, you know, like Jackson and Murray, they yeah. can make people miss. And then, right. and then, yeah, Jones, then, then the list Jones goes can. goes away. <laughs> One thing I will tell you, Charlie, whenever Daniel Jones does get back into the lineup, whenever that is, I really wish that he would take some baseball sliding lessons. I think pretty much that slide's coming up. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, yeah, because, uh, and you know, he's Eli wasn't real now. good at doing that either. To be honest yeah, with you, Eli used to go head first, but he was like, God bless. And I love Eli. He's tough as nails, but man, he was unathletic, boy. He Phil learned how to slide. Yeah, <laughs> Eli, I'll tell you that. Eli would go down like somebody shot him. Like, he go, oh, let's get started. Stuff started hey, coming out. That's my boy. Don't tell, don't tell Eli he was unathletic when he uh, got out of that uh, grasp of well, three linemen and uh, threw the ball. Well, that didn't involve sliding. That's why he was able to do it. <laughs> they, they were just spinning him. They didn't quite have him. That's yet. right. I know. I know. What do you but, got, Charlie? You know, I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is, is it's like if we end up four and thirteen, which we're headed, we're not there yet. But you know, Bob Dylan had a line saying, "It's uh, it's not it's not dark yet, but we sure are getting there, and um, <clears throat> we're getting there. And if we're four and thirteen, how can well Joe Judge can say whatever he wants, but how can the ownership really believe that we are progressing? When we are, if we end up four and thirteen, when we were six and ten the year before, well, I, there's no way. I can tell you why they can say that, and it's real. Oh, and it's, God. You can go, oh God, all you want. <laughs> it's just simple. If you look at your offensive line and you see like guys that are playing that are like outside of your left tackle that probably are backups to backups somewhere else, you're probably thinking to yourself. Okay, if we can just keep somebody upright, and you've seen that like this past weekend against San Diego, they played uh, fairly well uh, as an offensive line. They kept Glennon up. He wasn't getting hit a lot and everything. Uh, they didn't choose to run the ball, but they could have run the ball against San Diego's. But they can be, like I said, progression isn't always what it what people want it to be. You want wins. I want wins. Everybody's a fan wants wins. But as for right. what they got now, with what they have left. And when you don't have "quote unquote" all your people playing, you're playing with what you got. You got a back. You got your backup quarterback. And that's what I mean. Backup, not not second string. Get mm-hmm. your backup quarterback playing. We got the difference, Howard. Yeah. We figured forced, it out. Forced into action. No clipboard. <laughs> no no nice no nice sun visor. Like, hey, dude, uh, we need you. Like, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah, he's got to play. So when you see all that, it's you know, the the ownership sees it. They want to win badly. They want to win worse than all of us put together, but when you look at it, you're looking at what you got. You're looking at you know what's left. There are going to be people who are going to lose their jobs probably at the end of the season. Players, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. And there are going yeah. to be going to be a lot of people making some evaluations. Coaches going to evaluate just not just players. He's going to evaluate his own coaches. It's going to be a lot. But the, the progression is: what do you say when you're asked a question? You can say like, "Hey, it's on me." You know, it's, it, there are some things that are positive. It just doesn't look like it as a whole for the score. But you, if you say that, people kill you for it. If you say that we are horrible, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know where we go from here. They fire you before you get out of the off the press box. <laughs> we, we we are who we thought we we are who they thought they were. Yeah, but you <laughs> know, it, you can't you can't do all that because it's just I know. you know it's just you. It, it, the hardest thing to do, I think, in football, and, and, and this is just my view of it, is the post-game interview. I think yeah. it's the hardest yeah. thing to do because you have questions from people that 
They may not like your team. They may not like you. <laughs> they, may, <laughs> they may love your team. They may not love you. I, I spoke to a reporter, will never call his name because it's not fair, and he said if he didn't like somebody, he was shaped to questions to make it look bad for the guy. And I'm like, that is, you don't really do that. He goes, oh, yeah. So you be mean to me. Honestly, Howard, do you, you be think mean to me one of those guys? Oh, there's a lot more than one of those guys. You can be Trust mean me. to me. <laughs> because you can only be mean to me once, but I will have the pin forever. I'm like, wow. All right. Hey, yeah. hey, I just got one more thing. Go ahead, Charlie, real is, quick, because we got to go. Yeah, real quick. Look, uh, to me, is the reason they brought From on, and, from, and they were going to use it, From, they were going to have From actually start if Glennon didn't get out of the protocol. Instead of the guy that we had on our practice squad for months, who knows the offense, the they were going to play this guy. Yeah, they were going to play this guy after six practices. So that tells me a lot. Either the guy on the practice squad was damn horrible, so why is he even there? Or they think Fromm has a better opportunity, and he had enough knowledge to actually start a game. So I will, it, I will, you know, I will go with this for you, Charlie. Fromm was yeah. a ho- highly touted quarterback in college fifth round draft pick out of georgia he was a highly talented quarterback in college who dropped to the fifth round and lewerke was an undrafted rookie free agent yeah so basically they're 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 leaning they're 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 putting their eggs in the basket of hey look uh we got to give a guy that's like at least played in some big time football in this game and try to if if we have to have him we have to have him and like I said before earlier, if you were listening, I'm like, you know what's going to happen? They're going to they're going to have a guy running out, a guy to run a post, a guy that's going to run the deep cross, and a guy that's going to go out into the flat, the back. And they're going to like, hey, look, you can look down the field, but the guy in the, the guy in the flat is your guy. Throw the ball to him, and you're safe. And that's going to yeah. be that's going to be what what it just it's very complicated for a quarterback to just to learn everything unless you're a, unless you're a true veteran and you've been around for like. Uh, Who's the guy that was at Baltimore who's moved around and big, tall quarterback? I think he's at the Jets now. Oh, Flacco. Flacco. Yeah, yeah, Flacco can, come, Flacco. In, Flacco can Flacco. come in, listen to what you're calling and stuff, and be like, okay, I kind of got what the scheme is, and I can work well, with that's it. That's why he's still hanging on for yeah, a couple because, of years. Yeah, because you, he's been around for so long. You, you can do some other quarterbacks or historic backups. They can come in and if they've been forced into action several times, and they can learn it quickly. A rookie – uh, all right, guys. It's a little different. I Thank you, Charlie. It. Take care, guys. With, with all due respect to Brian Lewerke, just as we close up, Jake Fromm did come from a different bin on the supermarket shelf. He's, uh, a, he's, a, he's, a, diff- he's a different level of quarterback coming into the league. See, in my in my mind, and it's nothing against Malorkey and whatever, I didn't wasn't even thinking about him when it was time. I'm like, okay, if this guy goes down, who's going to be his backup? That's all I thought about when I, when I saw him going in the first week. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, from shows up, I'm like, all right, well, okay, now they got to teach this guy how to play because if they get to him, like, what are we going to do? And it's just, and it's meant like, you know, you got guys uh, uh, in the secondary, so I'm like, hey, look, man, I played quarterback in high school. If y'all need me, man, I can come back. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like, Logan Ryan. I'm, and I'm laughing to myself, but I'm thinking, oh, I'm like, God. we are at the, we are, okay, like, where are we now? And, and that's, again, difference between a backup. <laughs> and the second string guy. Second string guy never wants to play. The backup's like, oh, you know, you are. What's going to happen next? You, there you just go. Just so you understand it. Okay. Howard Cross, thanks for your time as always. Always good there, Paul. We will chat again with Howard next Wednesday as we do always on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We are live 1230 p.m. Eastern Time to 130 
every single weekday. 201-939-4513 is the phone number, or go hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We'll try to get to your questions later on. And always, you can catch an archive of this show on Giants.com or your favorite podcast platforms everywhere. For Howard Cross, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll talk to you next time.